Welcome to the Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Carew. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way. Breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. And to step out of your bubble. So what's stopping you? Welcome back to a new week on Out of the Bubble podcast. My name is Rachel Peru, and boy do we have a bag full of body confidence for you this week on this week's show. Today we are talking to Judith Vanderpeer, otherwise known as Puppin de Vere. Judith started a new hobby at 55, the less dancing, something that she could never have imagined when it would lead to. She wanted to do something different, she wanted to do some exercise that was fun, went along and really fell in love with it. She now has become a professional ballet dancer and has been you know, seen in lots of different stages across the country and she is flying the flag for women in their midlife and she is so body confident. I absolutely adore looking at her Instagram feed so I can't wait to share and to hear Judith's journey. Grab a coffee and enjoy. So welcome Judith. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Hi there. <laughs> yeah, likewise. It's just another great connection that I've made through social media. It's so good, isn't it, of finding new people? Yeah, it's amazing. We were just talking before we started about um, the community of of Silver Sisters on on various platforms, and it's really, really interesting. Yeah, no, it Um, is. And for me, especially over lockdown, it was a real kind of lifesaver, actually, to be able to kind of connect to people all over the world um, who are doing fascinating things. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be much more diverse, doesn't it, now, which is yeah. exciting. Yes, very much so, yeah. I mean, we have got lots to talk about today. Okay. And we've already given you your introduction, <laughs> but I'm asking my guests now to describe, how, how would you describe yourself in three words and why? Oh, yeah. Now, I wrote this down because you asked me uh, this in advance. And I, I was really stuck with this one, but I guess I would say um, adventurous. I would say transformative in that I've done lots of different things through different stages of my life. Um, and we'll probably go on to do more as well, I'm very much hoping. Um, and this is not one word, but but true to myself, genuine, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So those are my three. Love them. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I just think it gives a real insight into somebody before we start the conversation of yeah, it's really interesting to think about yourself as well, isn't it? You don't, I don't, you don't often do that. No, you don't often consider yourself in that way, and it was quite inter- an interesting exercise. Yeah. So for anybody, obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about your burlesque and how you got into the burlesque dancing. But mm-hmm. lots of people might be listening to this that don't actually know what burlesque dancing is. How? What's the best way of describing it? Um, right, burlesque is a form of entertainment which is usually dancing but not necessarily um traditionally the word burlesque traditionally comes from a long long way back an italian word which is like to laugh at something to bola which is to, to make fun of things so it has that aspect of kind of commentary as well as just a performance um, it is stripping normally. Not everybody strips. People strip to different degrees. 
but generally stripping is involved in it. Um, so it's all those things all together. When people think of burlesque, they usually think of classic burlesque. And classic burlesque would be somebody like Dita Von Tees, um, which is very glamorous, often has a kind of retro focus to it as well. So they're looking back to the kind of 50s or 40s or 30s or something like that. Um, but there is also what we call neo-burlesque, which kind of was when burlesque had a bit of a revival in the 80s and 90s. It was coined then. And neo-burlesque performers are a little bit more um, edgy, um, a little bit more about the story. Um, the acts normally have a kind of message or a story or a theme or something like that to them as well. So. Yeah, it's something like that, <laughs> if that makes any sense. No, it does. Amazing. I, mean, I have actually just mm -hmm. been to see the uh, Glamatronics uh, show with Dita Vortiz oh, and I wow. just fell in love. It was just yeah. amazing. Yeah. The whole show, it's just the showmanship of it all was just amazing. Yeah, exactly. The, the kind of the skill and the attention to detail is just incredible. Really, really beautiful. Yeah. So how did, I'm, I'm intrigued to know, how did this all start for you? Because had you always had an interest in it? or Because I know you started later in life. So what brought you No, there? not really. To be perfectly honest, I danced when I was younger. I'm, and by that, I mean, I got taken to ballet classes when I was a kid. Um, and kind of really, really enjoyed them up until I hit my teens and got all rebellious. And was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, so I stopped doing dance around 13, 14, um, but really enjoyed it when I was doing it. But but that was it. I didn't do anything else at all. Um, and then I was honestly, I was looking for a dance class mainly to kind of keep fit, mm. also to kind of meet people in the area as well. Um, and I'd been to a couple of things and. I'd been to Salsa, I'd been to Lindy, I'd been to things, and they'd never really kind of stuck. Um, and then just on Facebook, I saw an advert for burlesque dancers. Well, it didn't even say dance, burlesque classes. Um, and I kind of thought, oh, that looks like fun, really without not having an awful lot of an idea of what I had never seen live burlesque, for example. Yeah. So I had an image of what I thought it was going to be but I didn't really know all that much about it at all um yeah and just signed up on a whim really to a course of um classes and yeah. how did that lead to because lots of people do classes but then they just leave it mm -hmm. there and just do it as a bit of a hobby so how did you take yeah. that kind of leap of faith and go okay do you know what I'm going to start doing this a lot more and I'm going to perform on stage and and, and be out there yeah they um well the first group of classes the first kind of course was just having a go at it kind of thing and then there was a continuation class which had a showcase at the end of it so it was like act development you made your own act mm. um and you had the opportunity to perform it and it was all the people who were on the course plus a few invited established performers and we put on a show um so that was that was when I debuted and did my first act then. And I, I, I was just hooked. I was absolutely hooked on doing it. I mean, it was an incredible feeling to be doing that 
um, in front of an audience. I just had so much fun. Um, so the course came to the end and I thought, you know, I want to carry on doing this. So I joined up some of the um, burlesque groups on Facebook and started looking for castings and just got myself casting shows, basically, and went on from there. I absolutely so, yeah. love it. I mean, I love, <laughs> I love that you've done this. And I think it's amazing. And what a great way to represent older women as well. Mm-hmm. How, how's that been? Has your age come into it? Have you felt completely accepted, inclusive, you know, or, or have you felt that your age has been a barrier at some point? Yeah, 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 no. Um, burlesque is actually, as, as, as a community, um, and particularly um, something called the Burlesque Hall of Fame, which is really the sort of international um, museum and safeguard of burlesque, you know, the traditions of burlesque, um, are actually really good at honouring um, veteran performers. So they do a lot with veteran performers, both kind of um, raising money for people who need it, um, but also once a year they put on a show that is specifically for veterans. So these are performers in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and above, some of them, who've been performing for years and years and years, um, who are still performing now and they invite them to these shows and they are absolutely incredible. If you ever want to have a look, just go and look at the Burlesque Hall of Fame. Um, incredible performers. So that kind of respect for older performers is kind of there. Um, It was a different thing for me because I wasn't a veteran. I was a new performer, but older. Um, So that is a slightly different perspective, really. It's difficult. Um, And I do kind of make a noise about it as well. Um, I do make a noise about it in terms of you will see um, shows that will advertise themselves as inclusive. So they would be inclusive in various different categories, but not mention that they are age inclusive. And I'm like, well, why then is that not also a category to look at to be inclusive in? Um, So I will call that kind of thing out. And you do see it. Yeah. Um, Another thing you see, which kind of I call out when I can, is kind of what I call granny drag. Um, so you will get acts where they are young performers who will come on stage with the grey hair and the coat and, oh, I'm so old, and then this will come off, and, oh, look, I'm this, I'm young and sexy now, that kind of thing. Um, and you still get it. And, I'm, I, you know, it kind of surprises me that you do still get it, but it's, it is still out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, that, you know, there's still barriers to kind of talk about, I think. Um, and I will still find that, in most cases, I will be the oldest person in the show. Not always, um, but in most cases. But I think when I did, um, we'll probably talk about Solid Gold Silver show another time, but um, I did a show that was, speci- I produced a show that was specifically for older performers um, during lockdown. And what was lovely about that is then I got to meet lots and lots of, people who are 
some of them old performers, some of them older, as in veteran performers, some of them new performers of my age or more from all over the world. And you've got to see that, oh, it isn't just me. There's actually lots of us out there. Um, But you don't always bump into each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you also don't get the same amount of publicity, do you? I'm guessing as an older burlesque dancer, you don't hear about them as much. No, probably not. I mean, they're not. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I mean, publicity-wise, it's like we all, we all, we're all hustling for publicity. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel it's any greater or less than that. Do you get cast as often as an older performer? Probably not. There probably is still sort of prejudice against it, that it's still like a little bit unusual. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we... We, we have to work against things like that and I'm very happy to try and do that um, and I like to make my age as visible as possible do you know what I mean there are there are performers I know who are my age who who wouldn't talk about it mm. who don't talk about their age mm. I kind of decided quite early on that actually it was really important to me that I did talk about my age that I made it part of the acts that I do, that I made it part of the way that I present myself. Um, so it's kind of out there, do you know what I mean? It, it's not, yeah. Um, yeah. Have you yeah. always had this kind of creative um, part to you? Because, you know, and, and it's very brave to go on, go on stage. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do the best of times, but then to strip off and, and do, a, you know, a dance and the movements and, have you yeah. always had that side to you, that confidence, I guess, in, in you, or is this something that's come later in life? It comes, it comes and goes. Mm. It definitely comes and goes. Um, and I came to it, you know, there's been peaks and troughs, I would say. I came to it at a point where I was just coming out of a trough, I would say. Mm. Um, I had had my daughter about four or five years before that, I um, had been, I'd, I had adenomyosis, which is a bit like endo. Yeah. Um, and I had a hysterectomy as a result of that, um, which meant obviously my hormones crashed off the cliff as well. And it was all a bit kind of like all sorts of stuff happened very fast. Um, and I was just coming out of that. Um, and I was just getting into kind of feeling like I was feeling better when I found burlesque and I think it was a big kind of hell to get me out of a big slump um but having said that yeah you know I've done other weird stuff as well so yeah in a way I have always been a little bit creative and 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 willing to do stuff that isn't necessarily the norm as well so Yeah. yeah, and that's that's the whole thing. It's stepping out of your comfort zone, isn't it? Yeah. You just don't yeah, know yeah. where it's going to lead to. Look where it's led yeah, to. It's that's amazing. Right. And I mean, before burlesque, I taught English um, as a foreign language. So I literally, when I started doing that, I took a job in, in Barcelona. I didn't speak any Spanish. I turned up in Barcelona not knowing anybody on my own. So doing those kind of things that are a kind of leap of faith I have done that before yeah I think that is kind of that risk taking is a bit in my nature maybe yeah well that's a good thing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. 
Uh, but how did it feel when you launched that first performance? How did it feel backstage before you were going on stage? Because I can imagine once you're on stage and you're there, it's really empowering. But mm-hmm. I would imagine from my point of view, I would imagine the lead up to it, I would be full of anxiety. <laughs> it's terrifying. And particularly the first time, it's absolutely terrifying. Um, but it is a real kind of adrenaline thing. So once you get over your fear and you're doing it, the adrenaline is just incredible. It's a, it's a rush. It really is a really big rush. And I think it's genuinely addictive because of that, because yeah. the exhilaration you get from doing it, it, particularly when you're first starting, is it's incredible. Yeah. But it's like, it's an almost out-of-body experience <laughs> the first couple of times you did. I, I literally, I, um, I went on stage because I don't perform now with my glasses on. Um, I went on stage with my glasses on because I forgot I had them on. I was in that kind of state. I was yeah. just like, <laughs> and it wasn't until I finished. I'm like, oh my gosh, I did the whole thing with my glasses on. Um, do you know what I mean? You, it is, once you're on stage, you, it's almost like you don't know what you're doing. It yeah. kind of, something takes over and you just do it. Do you yeah. feel like you are playing a character, a different role? I mean, let's, you know, the name, for instance, Poppin Devere, where's that uh-huh. come from? Yeah. Um, well, my name, Puppin comes from Puppy. I had a, like a, a nickname when I was younger of Puppy, basically because I was quite clumsy and gangly and my, I had big feet and would fall over them a lot. So I was a bit like a big puppy. Um, and Devere, it was like I wanted something that, that said green because I've got green eyes. I wear green costumes quite a lot that sounded a bit fancy. So if you make it French, it always sounds kind of fancy. So that was kind of where it came from. Um, and you pronounced it perfectly, which is unusual because most MCs, just as I'm about to come on, will pronounce my name completely wrong. Oh, no. Um, because it's unusual. Yeah. No, but that's fine. It's fine. And I didn't want to have a kind of standards Dita or Scarlet or something that is very, there's a lot of. I wanted yeah. it to to be a name that nobody else had. And that's the pitfall of that is that no one can pronounce it. <laughs> but do yeah, you, there you go. Do you feel like <laughs> when you are on stage performing, that's the real you? Do you feel like that's you are completely a, a kind of you're, you're comfortable and you're in your element there? You feel, you feel like you times 100. You feel like a kind of superhero version of you, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, in a way it is me. Um, but it's me times a lot. Um, and it, it also depends on what act you're doing as well, because with some of them, I'm doing a character. Yeah. So I become that. I, for a while, I did one um, based on Tonya Harding. So I was Tonya Harding. I do another one based on Joan Collins. So I am Joan Collins yeah. kind of thing. But I'm still puffing doing that. Um, so it depends which act. Some of them are more kind of just you and some of them are more kind of somebody else. Um, but, yeah, it's always a, a, a basic you, but a you times a thousand kind of thing. But where do you get the ideas for the acts? Because, you know, some of them are brilliant. They're, well, they all I are, just, but where, you know, where do you get the inspiration from? from? From everything. Honestly, you drive yourself crazy when you start doing this because you will literally, you'll hear a song, You'll watch a film, you'll see a piece of costume, you'll, you know, hear a bit of dialogue, you'll hear 
see all these things you're like oh oh I can make an app from that oh I can do you know what I mean you have constant lists of ideas and crazy things that you think oh I wonder if I could actually do that um and because I'm quite I like not everybody likes doing the making side of things do you know what I mean I really like making stuff work so I'm very much like I I did one that was um UV it was using UV costume um and I was just like, how am I going to make this work? What can I do to illuminate a, a, a costume? And eventually I ended up buying the torches that you use to find bugs or urine stains <laughs> and strapping those to a, a gun and all this sort of, you know, that kind of getting an idea and then making it work. I, I find that really interesting. I like to. But what um, about the costumes as well? Because you know, the, 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 the lingerie and the corsets, they're just absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a dressmaker, so I don't make my own clothes. But what you tend to do is buy stuff and adapt it. Mm. Um, so... Have you got any favourite kind of brands that you like to buy from that suit curvier women? Um, where do I buy? Well, corsets, I mainly get from like corset companies like Corset Story and I'll just get a corset and adapt it, usually rhinestoning. Um, And I love rhinestoning. So I will sit for hours rhinestoning various bits of pieces. I'm very happy to do that. Um, Lingerie, um, where do I... I like Blue Bella quite a lot. I I buy quite a lot of Blue Bella stuff. Mainly the sort of black strappy stuff um, is nice. I'm not a terribly kind of retro girl, although a lot of people buy stuff from what Katie did or whatever. That That's not necessarily my style. Um, Playful Promises will always have something on there that I want to yeah. buy. Um, yeah, so wherever really. And I do kind of, I do thrift shop and charity shop a lot. So I'll find lots of kind of vintage things as well to go with it. And yeah. And what about body confidence? Because you do have to be body confident. You have to be really comfortable in your own skin to go out there and expose yourself. Have you always had that? No, not really. And it comes and goes again. I mean, Mm. you know, I will have times when I look at myself and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so hot. I can't, you know, look at me. I'm amazing. And then other times I'll get stuff, particularly photos back. You'll get photos back and just go, oh, God, really? Um, but that, that it just kind of dips and troughs really. So what do you do um, on those times when you are kind of in the, in the trough, but you know, you've got quite a few performances to come up. How do you get yourself out of that? What tips would you give to other women to kind of push past that? Hmm. That's an interesting question, really. I think, I mean, you, I would go back and look at stuff that I do like, I'm very happy to delete stuff that I don't like. Yeah. I don't necessarily um, agree with people who say you need to be real all the time. So, you know, I will sometimes get remarks about retouching on photos and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, sometimes I will put up unretouched photos Sometimes I will put up stuff that is retouched to, you know, within an inch of its life. 
And that's kind of up to me because yeah. it's my image. It's me making myself feel good about myself. Yeah. And it's not really anybody else's business. So I guess in those kinds of things, I would go back to images or ideas or things that I like and look at myself on those and just go, ah, yeah, but look, that would yeah. look great, you know. <laughs> She's hot. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She yeah. is hot. And that is still me, you know, both yeah. of me. Um, and either is fine. Yeah. And what about yeah. reaction from friends and family when you first started doing this? Has everybody been fully supportive or have they been quite surprised? Um, yeah, mainly my mum was incredibly supportive. Uh, my mum loved it. She thought it was a hoot. Um, I used to take her to all the um, performances. She'll sit at the front cheering and clapping. She she thought it was great. Um, the rest of my family depends. It took a while to talk to my daughter about it because she was going into teenage at that time. Um, you know, the time when mum's embarrassing anyway. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what mum's doing, she's embarrassing. So yeah. me actually being embarrassing was just like a million times <laughs> more. So I... I've soft-pedalled that quite a lot, um, but she's cool with it now. Um, Has she yeah. been to see your shows? Has she come to see you? Uh, Lily, no, not really. She, um, and also COVID as well. She's gone off to university yeah. and also COVID hit at a time where I was like, okay, you know, now she's 18, she can come to shows if she wants to. Because mm. she couldn't before anyway, yeah. because 18 plus. Um, and then COVID hit and shows stopped anyway, and it was a bit like, oh, well, you know, um, so no, not yet. But I'm I'm happy with her doing that, and I've invited her to a couple. Yeah. So it will happen. Yeah. Um, friends generally, um, well, friends know me, and they they're almost they were almost not that surprised. <laughs> it was like, yeah. what's she going to do next? Okay, yeah, this kind of figures, you know. Yeah, yeah I've got friends um, probably think that about me as well. So I can yeah, they're like, <laughs> can relate oh, to yeah, that. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> of course you're going to go and do something yeah. crazy like that. Um, I've had one or two friends who were slightly cringed out by it, I think. But that's fine. You know, it's yeah. not for everybody. And that's cool if they don't want to come, you know. Yeah. But generally, people are really, really positive. Um, and not just friends. You know, generally, strangers are pretty positive about it as well, which is lovely. Yeah. And what about during COVID? You know, you mentioned COVID earlier that obviously all, everything stopped in theatres so how mm -hmm. impact did that have on you because that's your creative outlet isn't it and without that how do you how do yeah you yeah it was really very odd um and it's odd to say this now but in a way I did lots of stuff when Covid was happening that I wouldn't have done if it wasn't mm. and in a way it was actually really quite positive for me I enjoyed some of the things that we got to do when shows were shut and we were doing online stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so basically what happened is a lot of shows went online. So either you would be performing your normal act, like kind of like we are now, live, but on Zoom or whatever. Um, and then as it kind of progressed a bit, people decided a better idea really is to allow people to create little films. And what we did was kind of get acts and make video acts. Um, and immediately I was like, well, this is cool because I can have multiple chains of costume. Yeah. 
I can set it wherever I feel like setting it. I can build a massive set if I feel like it. Um, I can cut it. I can have different bits of music. You know, I can do whatever I want with this. And actually, it was really fun. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never edited video or anything like this before. But because you had lots of time during, or I had lots of time because, you know, I wasn't doing the job that I used to do during lockdown, um, I had lots of time to fiddle around with stuff. And I actually found it really creative. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so in a way, that was really good. The other positive thing during lockdown is, like I said, what because you were doing online shows, you were connecting with people all over the world because anybody could join in these shows. Yeah. So, and that's why I decided to do the Solid Gold Silver show because it's like there are uh, probably enough performers in the UK to do it. But if you do it worldwide and put out a casting for worldwide, anybody over the age of 50 who does burlesque, mm. join the show. Um, the, the amount of people that I met that way was incredible. Um, yeah, but that, that sounds really fantastic. Interesting. You know, I'd love yeah. to know more about that. So where do you hold it? Do you hold it, obviously you hold it in the UK? No, at the moment it's only been online. I haven't done uh, right. a live one of it. Right. Um, Would you do I'm a thinking, live one? Yeah, I'm thinking about doing a live one. Um, I mean, ju just logistically, money-wise, I couldn't yeah. afford to pay performers to come to the UK to do it. But I think there is enough of us here to be able to do a UK one, and I am thinking about doing it. Yeah, that's exciting. Because um, you teach, yeah. you, you teach it as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yes, um, that's fairly new. I've been teaching burlesque um, for about six months or so. Um, and and what's that it. kind of like seeing people's yeah. confidence grow? I would imagine exactly. The first I lesson. really, really enjoy it, particularly the beginners' classes, um, because you're just watching people just go, "Wow, you know, it's this is giving me permission to kind of do all sorts of stuff that I didn't think I could do." Yeah, um, and it's just incredible how quickly when people have that that time and space and that permission to do what they want, how they just flourish, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, the classes, a real range of people, real range of types, real range of sizes, real range of ages, um, genders, whatever. You get all sorts of people coming along to do it. And that, that it's lovely. I enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. It's really that's what, what's, that's what struck me about the best shows that I've seen is that it's, mm. It's how it is so, you know, that you can see people of all sizes, of yep. you know, different backgrounds, all doing di very different things, very diverse, all kind mm -hmm. of unique. And I don't think you get that very often in the same show. And I think that's that I came away feeling, I was come away feeling really empowered. And yeah. It must be so freeing to be part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an incredibly diverse community of people mm. um, and just fascinating for that reason. Um, yeah, who's doing it, what they're doing, why they're doing it. it it's fascinating. Yeah. Have you got a kind of dream venue that you would like to to do a burlesque show at? Have you got something that you really would love to be seen at? Mm, well, I mean, just before COVID hit, I got myself cast in a couple of international festivals. Mm. I'd like to do some more festivals. I'd like to do some international festivals. Um, I went to the States just to do 
just on holiday, but did some photos there. Um, But while I was there, I was kind of planting seeds to do that as well. So I would love to go back to the States. I would love to perform in Vegas. Um, I would love something like that. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of places I haven't done yet. So there's a lot that I can still do, really. Uh, I mean, I would love to. I would love to see you, and if I am ever down in your like the woods, I will definitely come down. Or if I'm ever up your way, yeah, because um, I mean, which... I, that's on my list. I would love to try yeah. burlesque. And I've got it in my head that at some point in my life, I will do a show. I would love to, just because I think Ooh. it would really push me out of okay. my comfort zone. Okay, well, let me know. Yeah, definitely, let me know. Yeah, yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah. Yes, no. So, thank you so much. I, I just love what you're doing, and I love the way that thank you're really you. challenging. Um, people's perception of kind of women in midlife because you know they can't put us in boxes we're all mm-hmm. different and we all can mm-hmm. celebrate the aging process and nothing stops us and, and I love absolutely absolutely and it's just what I love uh, one of the things I love at shows is you get such a lot of feedback from older women just and usually the feedback is it's nice to be seen it's nice yeah. to see somebody like me up there yeah um, yeah. yeah that they and can relate to yeah it's about yeah representing yeah. a little bit and also yeah. the younger generation seeing that they don't have to fall off a cliff at 40 they yeah. can carry on yeah. doing also it that, and, yeah also that as well so that as well I mean my next um my next act is uh, it's based around the idea of you know the seaside fortune teller in a box it's that um but it's about like, I know your future. So I know what your future will be as you get older and it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That you're, all, you're very frightened of being old, but you can make it something else for yourself. Yeah. Love it. Well, Definitely. I'm sure you are going to go on and do lots more things and I hope you do some lingerie modelling as well. I've seen the shoes that you've done. I, did, I saw the one that I'd you did. I'd love to. Um, <laughs> I'd love to do more. I really, yeah. Because modelling, I mean... When I started, I hated having my photo taken. Even when I was starting burlesque and able to do stage stuff, the the photo side of it, I hated it. But the more I've done, the more I've got into photos, and I would really love to do more of that. So, yes. Yeah. Sure. Everybody should try it once, I think. I think everyone yeah. should have the opportunity to do it Oh, once. definitely. Definitely, yeah, yeah, to do a boudoir shoot or, yeah. or something like that. It's it's great. Yeah. How can people come and find you? Um, the best way where I put most of my stuff up is on my Instagram. So that's Puppin Dever, P-U-P-I-N-D-E-V-E-R-T. Yeah? Fabulous, brilliant. And I'll put the notes on so people can come and find you. I ask the same question to all my guests because I'm really wanting to encourage women to be more complimentary about themselves. So if you were to pay (laughs) yourself a compliment, what would it be? Oh, goodness. Um, If I was to pay myself a compliment, I would probably say um, hmm, that I'm not, it's similar to the the three words though, um, that I'm not afraid to be myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably it. Yeah, that's yeah. so important. And you just, yeah, embracing everything. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Judith. It's been a Thank pleasure talking to you. And I'm looking to forward to, to watching, uh, you know, as you develop. And hopefully our paths will cross in person one day. I hope so. Yeah. Watch this Thank space. you, Rachel. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Bye.
Well, what a great interview with Judith. She is such an inspiration. I love the fact that she didn't start burlesque dancing until her mid-50s. And look at what she's doing now and how much fun she is having along the way. Great role model and I love the fact that she is showing up for older women in this arena and allowing other women to see figures that they can, they can relate to on the stage doing burlesque and, and really kind of showing up for the older woman as well as empowering and kind of liberating herself as well. I think it's just amazing and yeah, a real role model. I'm so glad our paths have crossed. And yes, it is something that I would like to try. It is on my bucket list, so let's watch this space. Perhaps talking to Judith has taken me one step forward, so we shall see. I'll keep you posted on that one. And if you are wanting to step out of your comfort zone and become more body confident, then don't forget you could come and join me on the group lingerie shoot day, which is happening on 18th of May at Chic Studios in Sheffield. And I'll be joined by a small group of women who will all be over 40, and we're going to be doing some group lingerie shoot photos. You will come and spend the day with me, and if I have to, I will literally be on set to hold your hand all day if need be, sharing my tips of what I've learned as being a lingerie model in my 40s and 50s. You'll have expert hair and makeup. You'll, you'll be made to feel a million dollars wearing lingerie that makes you feel good because I want everybody to really come on set feeling the best versions of themselves. So it will be a really empowering day and you definitely will leave with a bag full of body confidence. So... There are a few spaces left. If you would like to know more, go on rachelperu.co.uk. If that's not for you, what could you do to step out of your comfort zone this week? Face your fears and try a small step out of it because that's where the magic happens. I will be back next week with some more inspiration. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join a fabulous group of women in my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their own midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram, at rachelperuron. I'd love to know how you intend, or how you are already, stepping out of your bubble in 2022. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.